Um, okay, right. Um, life in the Spirit. Um, and just struck this week, really, about uh, our, our, in our culture how self-reliant we are. And in this whole series, we're going to be looking at being reliant upon the Holy Spirit. So it's really going to come up against this, this deal of self-reliance. And I've spent most of the week holed up in bed uh, with an infection, got antibiotics now, so I think I'm hopefully getting clear. But just, uh, I've just been trying to prep this preach and just thinking, I, I could really do with some good health, and it just hasn't really come. So just really personally knowing this sense of needing God to come through here, needing to be reliant uh, upon him. But we do live in this culture of self-reliance. Uh, we don't need to teach our kids. We, like, we, we see it in our kids from a very young age. Um, one of my kids, uh, uh, I won't give away the name, but you'll get the gender anyway. She loves to do everything herself, okay? Just really independent and really defiant with it. Um, and... Um, I'll be like, let me get you a drink. Now, I want to do it. Well, you can't even reach the sink. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you, you physically can't do it. No, I want to do it. It's like, oh, you, you're not doing it. Okay, here's a drink. I'm not going to drink that. <laughs> I want to get the drink. Oh, okay. Um, like, let me wipe your bum. You can't wipe your bum. You're too young to wipe your own bum. There's going to be poo everywhere. Okay, it's just, it's just this independent streak, and, and we're all susceptible to this. Like, I, I want to do it my way. I want to do it. I want to do it myself. I want to be the answer. I think we hate it when we fall short. Uh, to need the help of someone else is to, in our culture, often to admit weakness. We, um, we hate to admit weakness. We hate to admit weakness. We want to be the answer. To admit that we need help from God also is to admit that we owe a debt to him, that we are indebted to God himself, a debt that someone has to pay. And I think as, as humans, we're, we would want to be debt-free. We want to be debt-free, especially to God. The thought of owing him anything, I think, gets our goat up a little bit. It's all underpinned by this strong current of individualism in our culture, wanting to do things ourselves, wanting to be independent, wanting to call the shots in our lives, wanting to define our own truth, do things our own way, be the person that we want to be. We make the boundaries. We call the shots. We define things who we are. And self-reliance, it actually feeds this individualism. It feeds our own sense of self-esteem, our own sense of self-worth. Be reliant upon yourself. Now, instead of becoming more self-reliant, Jesus actually calls us to become more reliant on him. 100% reliant upon him in every area of life, in every situation, in every circumstance. To not lean into our own strength, but to lean into God and his strength. And that's what this series is all about. It's leaning into life in the spirit. What does it look like to be a person who is full of the spirit Walking in step with the Spirit, worshipping in the Spirit, working in the Spirit, giving in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. What does it look like to be a Spirit-filled person and a Spirit-filled people? And today we'll act very much as an introduction to that. We'll look at who the Holy Spirit is. We'll look at what he does. But we'll also look at the, this key element of being filled with the Holy Spirit that the Bible talks about a lot. So, firstly, we're called to worship, adore, and rely on the Holy Spirit. 
called to worship, adore, and rely on the Holy Spirit. So why are we called to worship and adore the Holy Spirit? might think that's a little bit odd. We might think, yeah, I worship God, or yeah, I can sort of get my head around worshiping uh, Jesus. But this deal of the Holy Spirit, worshiping and adoring the Holy Spirit. Well, the reality is that the Holy Spirit is God, 100% God. So just like the Father is God, just like Jesus the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God too. He's always existed since before the beginning of our time. The Holy Spirit existed, just like the Son, just like the Father. And the Holy Spirit as well will exist eternally into the future as well, just like the Son and just like the Father. He's perfectly equal to the Son and the Father. So you might hear the Holy Spirit being talked about as the third person of the Trinity. That's not because he's the least important. It's because the Father sends the Son and the Son sends the Spirit. So often we talk about the third person of the Trinity. It's the Holy Spirit. He is God. He's a fully-fledged, card-carrying member of the Trinity. Vernon Grounds puts the Trinity this way. Explain the Trinity? Question mark. We can't even begin. We can only accept it. A mystery disclosed in the Bible It should be no surprise that the Trinity baffles our finite minds. We should be surprised, rather, if we could understand the nature of our Creator. If we could, He wouldn't be the fathomless source of all reality. Okay? Now, at times, if someone asks us, who's the Holy Spirit or who's the Trinity, how does that work? Sometimes we can be just fumbling around for illustrations and ways of trying to explain the Trinity. And I think we've probably, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, probably fumbled around at some of those things. Maybe like an egg and you've got the shell and you've got the yolk and you've got the, the white uh, or um, what's one of the other ones? Three states of water. You've got ice and you've got uh, obviously liquids um, and what steam, you know, and you think, you know, you're trying to fumble around for this, this sense of explaining the Trinity. The reality is that the Trinity is a mystery. And to use actually any, probably any form of illustration, the fact that no one's come up with an acceptable one in this length of time probably suggests that we're not going to understand or be able to easily explain away the Trinity. Okay, that's because it's a mystery. And God is to be worshipped and adored. If we could just explain him away in a nice, neat little box, I don't think we'd worship him. There's got to be this sense of mystery, this sense of awe, this sense of who is this God that my finite human mind cannot get my head around it. He's worthy of worship. The Holy Spirit is vital and instrumental in our salvation. So any of you who have given your life to Jesus, you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit was there, instrumental in saving you. Self-reliance drives us away from God. It was self-reliance that caused Adam and Eve to turn away from God and to turn away, uh, to turn towards their own way of doing things, trusting themselves, wanting to do things their own way. And it's self-reliance that, we, that means we look to ourselves for hope, for salvation, and for redemption. And it's only those who accept that that's what they've done and put their trust and hope in and reliance upon Jesus, who are saved. 
But the Holy Spirit is involved in that. Jesus says these words in John 3. Truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Jesus is saying, you've got to be born again. Not of the flesh. Can't go back into your mother's womb, thankfully. That would be weird. But you've got to be born of the Spirit. You've got to be born of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is instrumental in our salvation, and we can worship God for that and thank God for that, that he might turn around our dark, depraved hearts and minds and bring us into relationship with him, give us new hearts and affections for him. So we're to worship, we're to adore, we're to rely on the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit isn't just involved in like non-tangible ways, in ways that we can't feel or see necessarily. He's not just involved in our salvation. He's actually involved in very real, very tangible ways. And just wanted to show a few minutes of uh, an Alpha video. Uh, so Alpha is a course where you, people can explore Christianity, find out more about who Jesus is. And there's this great little uh, section where it talks about the Holy Spirit being involved in creation right through the Old Testament all the way to Jesus. And maybe if we could, are we good? Yeah, cool. Maybe let's just watch this for a few minutes then. There was God. The earth was empty, formless, dark, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. So there was day followed by night. With each new day came new creation, vast oceans, the vaster sky, the earth green and growing. The Spirit of God, the Creator Spirit, brought out of the chaos the cosmos. Out of disorder, order. Out of confusion, harmony. Out of deformity, beauty. The cosmos, galaxies, the sun, the moon, and every star. Creatures of every shape and size to swim, fly, and roam the land. Then God created man and woman in his image and breathed life into them. And God sent his spirit upon his chosen people to guide them to give them gifts for a particular time and purpose to fulfill God's work on earth. God sent his spirit upon a man called Bezalel, giving him the gift of creativity and artistic knowledge to craft and shape precious metals and gems into art, into a house for the Lord. The spirit of God came upon Gideon, a weak and fearful man, so he became a brave warrior who saved God's people. Samson, who was taken prisoner. God sent his spirit to give him the extraordinary strength to break free from the ropes tied around him. The spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. God filled others with his spirit for prophecy, to be his mouthpiece bringing direction and hope to his people. The spirit came upon Isaiah to bring good news of hope the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, 
upon Ezekiel. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Through the prophet Joel, we learn who this promise is for and how it will happen. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God's promise was that he would do something new. Not just for particular people at particular times, for particular tasks, but for everyone, all people, regardless of position, age, gender, ethnicity and race. Then with the birth of Jesus, it was like a trumpet sounded and everyone surrounding the birth of Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, John the Baptist, and then Jesus at his baptism. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form. Full of the Holy Spirit, he began to teach, heal the sick, bring freedom to the captives, to heal the brokenhearted. Okay, so the Holy Spirit involved at creation, involved right throughout the Old Testament. Amazing to see that, that, that story of uh, Bezalel, uh, Joshua, Samson, Gideon, Ezekiel, through then to Mary. The Holy Spirit was active and involved in bringing about the purposes of God. The Holy Spirit filling specific people at specific times for specific tasks. And then Jesus at his baptism. The Holy Spirit comes, falls on Jesus. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. Goes into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. Comes out full of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the purposes, the plans that God has for him. So the Holy Spirit filled people in the Old Testament with extraordinary power for God-exalting ministry. So people were filled with the Holy Spirit to do things that would glorify and honor God. Now this doesn't stop with the coming of Jesus. Things start to heat up. As you read the scriptures, you'll see this sense of, yeah, that, that God's got a plan and a purpose right throughout the Old Testament. Fulfilling many of his plans, all of his plans and purposes in Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. We actually see then in Acts, which is the early church, like record of uh, what did the disciples do after Jesus died uh, and rose again? What, what happened? And we actually read account and account of, of person after person, people after people, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you would come with me to a mountain ridge next to the old city of Jerusalem, a place called the Mount of Olives. It's between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension. So he rose from the dead, but then he spent 40 days with his disciples, with various other groups of people, some small, some large groups, um, in these 40 days, and we're towards the end, just before he ascends, goes to be with the Father. And if you turn with me to Acts chapter 1, Jesus is with his disciples. 
just reading from the ESV, but we'll pick it up from verse 4 of chapter 1. So while staying with them, says Jesus, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus is saying, look, don't leave. Don't leave Jerusalem. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need it. Don't carry on with my mission. Don't carry on living life until I've filled you with my spirit. Jesus commanding them. It's not really an option. (laughs) If they want to follow Jesus, they've got to be filled with the Spirit. And these guys are believers. These early disciples, these men and women, they're believers. They're regenerated believers. They're people who have had their hearts made new. They're followers of Jesus. But they haven't been filled with the Spirit. So stay there in Jerusalem. Wait for this baptism of the Holy Spirit. When they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? They didn't quite understand what was, what was Jesus saying, so they asked this sort of seemingly random question. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But, so don't worry about that. <laughs> Focus on what I'm telling you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So this is the filling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power. I think sometimes we, well oftentimes, we rely upon our own strength for things, don't we? Even just trying to follow Jesus, trying to tell our friends about Jesus. My, one of our friends or family might get sick and we, we think, oh, I, you know, I've sort of, no, I should pray for you. But we, we're always just thinking, oh, do I have faith? Do I have expectation? Do, do I, can I pray for them? Will they be healed? Um, oftentimes we're just living in our own strength. Living in our own power, living in our past experience, maybe disappointments. God wants to bring fresh power to us today. And he wants us to be people who follow him in his power. So if you're here today, and you just know, I feel dry. I feel like I'm struggling, maybe doing all right in life, but you're sort of struggling to really make any ground in terms of maybe telling your friends about Jesus, seeing any fruit in that area. Maybe you're struggling, um, and I can relate to all of these, maybe you're struggling uh, in terms of praying for people for healing or stepping out in gifts that God might have given you. Maybe gifts of tongues or prophecy or other gifts of service or hospitality. You're, You're struggling to outwork the gifts that God has given you. God wants to fill you afresh today. He wants us to be people of his power and to be expectant of it. So let's, let's go then to Acts 2. This is So the disciples wait around. They're obedient to Jesus there. They, they do stick around in Jerusalem. 
there's this festival, this feast of Pentecost. So there's various different people from uh, all different countries around. They speak different languages. And the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples. Let's read Acts 2 from verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they waited around. They were praying, expecting that God was going to fill them with the Spirit. And this is what happened. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they were given power to speak in other languages that other people knew who were gathered there. And then we'll see what happens. Now they were dwelling, this verse 5, Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and astonished, saying, Are not these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? So they were filled with the Holy Spirit. God had given them the mission to say, look, you're going to be my witnesses in all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Wait for power. Wait to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what happens. Okay, so what I take from this is that God empowers and God equips for his mission. Okay. God still has us on a mission (laughs) to make disciples of all nations to baptize them, to teach them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. Jesus has still got us on a mission. So do we, do we still think that we need to be equipped and empowered for his mission? What do we reckon? Yeah? Yeah. We still need to be equipped and empowered for his mission. What does that look like? Well, for these guys, it looked like this supernatural, spiritual act, a filling of power. They could speak in languages that they hadn't spoken of before. What else does it look like in, uh, in Acts? Because there are other times where people are filled with the Spirit. We might get a sense of a flavor. Well, what does this filling of the Holy Spirit look like? So in Cornelius' household in Acts 10, where people were, uh, they believed, they were then filled with the Holy Spirit. They then spoke in tongues. So they spoke in, at this point, would have been heavenly languages. So not languages of other countries, but a heavenly language. Because God has a language. Okay? God has a language. And he gives us that as a gift. And these Men and women, they spoke in tongues. It also says that they praised God. So there's this sense of a a loosening of the tongue that maybe where they were frightened before, 
maybe where they were ashamed, maybe where they were just, they didn't maybe like talking about Jesus or they just weren't sure what to say. Jesus loosened their tongue, gave them confidence, boldness, courage, gave them a spirit of praise, gave them the gift of tongues. A few chapters on in Acts chapter 13, verses 9 to 12, you've got Peter who has been filled with the spirit. He was one of those uh, early disciples who spoke in other languages. He stood up early on in Acts, having denied Jesus three times, then stands up in front of thousands of people and calls them to repentance. <laughs> like That is a major shift from f- being frightened and anxious to being bold and courageous. So if you're feeling today, I've, I, like, I can relate to Peter. Okay, there's hope. <laughs> there's hope there. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Later on then, for Peter, in Acts chapter 13, he's filled with the Spirit. Seemingly again, or he's still full of the Spirit. He then comes up against a magician, and he rebukes the magician, a demonic guy, against God. And Peter rebukes him. But it says he's, he was full of the Holy Spirit when he did that. I wonder if he would have done that if he wasn't feeling full of, full of the Spirit. Maybe he might have felt anxious. Maybe he might have thought, oh, I sort of saw Jesus doing that, but I don't know if I've got the strength or the equipping to do that. He was equipped by the Holy Spirit. Okay, he was reliant upon him. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 6, you get the Ephesian disciples. So some people have become Christians in Ephesus. The apostles go and pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they receive gifts of tongues. Again, heaven, a heavenly language. They also receive gifts of prophecy and start prophesying. Speaking God's words out to people. So the Holy Spirit again and again giving gifts, giving power to people to fulfill the mission. To make disciples. To tell people about Jesus. He gives gifts He gives courage, he gives power, he gives the spirit of praise, creativity, strength. He equips for the mission. Okay, that list could go on and on. But whatever you need, whatever we need as a church for the mission that God has for us, to make disciples here in West Earlham, with our neighbors, with our work colleagues in the communities that we're part of, the university, He equips for the mission, and we need to be filled with his power. We're building up, hopefully you're getting a sense of faith, a sense of expectation, that this is what God has for us, that we need this. We're going to have a time at the end where we hopefully spend a more extended time in worship, in response, coming in faith, expectant to God that he might fill us, that we might not be satisfied with where we're at currently, but that we might press in for more of the Holy Spirit. That's been my experience just at different times in my life, in different seasons, to pray and ask God for him to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it happens there and then, and I feel an equipping and an empowering in that moment or in that season. Other times it, it requires pressing in. Seeking more of God, showing God that, yeah, I am thirsty, I need you. 
there's a lady called Jackie Pullinger. In 1966, she traveled by boat from England over to Hong Kong. And there's this place in Hong Kong that was there called the Walled City. And it was a place that was famous for gangs, for opium addicts, for prostitutions. Just a really depraved place. A place where, if, if, you know, for a single woman to go, I'm sure she was counseled against going for her own safety. But she went. She felt faith for this people. She wanted to share the good news of Jesus with them. In the early days, her attempts to tell people about Jesus and see people saved were really minimal. She was really struggling. She was finding it really, really hard and just not seeing much fruit. It prompted her to seek God, to ask God, why? Why am I not seeing it? You've given me the good news of the gospel. You've told me to share it. I'm here being faithful. I've given up everything to do this. Why am I not seeing more? She prayed this. Dear Lord, please give me whatever it is that helps me, <clears throat> that helps me make Jesus real to the lost because the words don't seem to be working. A really honest prayer. Really open-hearted. It's good to be open-hearted with God about our struggles, about what we need from him. Now, this led to her receiving this baptism of the Holy Spirit. She started speaking in tongues, one of the gifts that God gives his people. She then started speaking daily in tongues. She really got a hold of this gift. She spoke daily in tongues, and then she started walking around the uh, walled city, just praying under her breath in tongues, in the spirit. As she would pass gang members and pass prostitutes and spend time with different people praying under her breath. But this time, she started seeing fruit. She started seeing gang members turn to Jesus. Prostitutes find that hope in Jesus. Opium addicts recover from their addiction within a day completely free. She was full of the Holy Spirit. And she went on being filled with the Spirit. This is what it looks like to live life. And I'm feeling really just provoked this, this, as prepping this this week that for us to press into that. To not, be, to not, be, uh, not settle for anything less than that. And I think I've probably settled in many areas of life, I think life's quite busy. I can reason things away. But feeling a sense of, no, I don't want to settle for less now. I want to press in. I think this series will be really helpful for us, just bring us back to Holy Spirit living, to being full of the Spirit. What does it look like? But for us to be a people who press in to Him. Jesus said that we will do greater things than he did. That's a thought-provoking sentence, isn't it? I didn't say it. Jesus, well, I did say it, but Jesus said it first. We, <laughs> we will do greater things than Jesus did. A few sentences on after Jesus is talking about this, he starts talking about the Holy Spirit. Starts talking about being clothed with the Holy Spirit, being clothed with power from on high. We'll do greater things 
by being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The disciples, they didn't want Jesus to leave. Okay, that seems like a pretty cool deal to have the Son of God with you. Everywhere you go, telling you what to do, how to do it, showing you exactly how it's done, you know, and he forgives you if you get it wrong. Now, it sounds like a pretty good deal, but Jesus says, no, it's better if I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Okay? So we need to believe that. We need to believe that it is better for us sitting in this room 2,000 years later than it was for the disciples then. Because Jesus sends his Holy Spirit. Through his Holy Spirit, empowered with his Spirit, we will do greater things than Jesus did. I've been reading this book uh, by a guy called Smith Wigglesworth. Um, quite a controversial guy um, in many ways, but so um, part of the Pentecostal movement uh, about 100 years ago um, and um, was full of the Holy Spirit, just reading stories of this guy, um, how he'd pray for people, um, his expectation that people would be healed, uh, his faith, and just how he went about sharing this and praying for people to be filled with the Spirit. I was just so provoked. He, did, he was doing greater things, it seemed, than, than what Jesus was doing. Okay, and he was passionate for the church to rise up and be full of the Holy Spirit to do these things. I wonder, are you thirsty today? Anyone thirsty? Yeah? Amazing. Yes. This is faith. It's good to be thirsty. It's good to be thirsty. It's good to be expectant. Jesus said that on, well, he said these words, but before it says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Okay. Jesus wants us to be thirsty, thirsty for salvation, thirsty for hope and redemption in him, but thirsty for him to send his Holy Spirit to empower us. Okay? If we want to see God move, if we want to see the unbelievable, the supernatural, if we want to see healing, if we want to see salvations, if we want to see baptisms, we're not going to do it in our own strength. We're going to do it by being thirsty for Jesus, by being thirsty for him to send his empowering presence to live in us, to be in us, for us to be full of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5, Paul says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Okay? Don't. Don't get drunk. <laughs> get drunk on the Holy Spirit. Don't fill your body with a load of alcohol such that you don't know what you're doing. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll have much more fun. <laughs> yeah, no hangover. No hangover. You just, like the early disciples at Pentecost, they were accused of being drunk. Okay? 
They were doing things that they couldn't previously do. They were unrecognizable as a result of being filled with the Spirit. Jesus wants to fill us with his Spirit. It says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. A better way of translating it is to go on being filled with the Spirit. Don't just accept one-offs. Don't be satisfied just with one experience a long time ago or last week. Don't be satisfied. Press into more. Go on being filled. I think the expectation, God knows that we will uh, uh, we'll somehow just lose that sense of being full of the Spirit. Our hearts and our minds will become dull to God and to what he wants to do in and through us. Go on being filled. You can be filled here today. I can be filled here today. We can be filled at home on our own. Be filled in our life group, in running partners, on your lunch break at work, on the way to the gym. Can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? Yeah? Yeah. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. This is what Jesus has for us. Let's stand. We're going to do what the disciples did. Um, they waited. They spent time waiting. I think we can um, get really impatient with God. We can think, oh, I've prayed that. Right, I want it, like, I want it now. And if, I'm, if I don't get it now, I'm going to give up. I think God wants us to press in. Like the disciples had to wait around for God, for Jesus to, to do what he said he would do. They, to, they prayed, they worshipped, they sought God. They said, do it, do it, Jesus, please do it. We need your power. So we're going to spend some time waiting, responding, coming to Jesus. I want to encourage us as we spend time worshipping, ask God to fill you. Come with your thirst. Come with your faith. Come with your expectation. Feel free, get a bit of room. If you're just like feeling a bit boxed in and just feel like, oh, no, I want to just be with Jesus. I want to, I want to pray. Get some space. Ask him to fill you with his spirit. Ask him for his power. Bring your heart to him. Maybe ask a friend, someone, someone you, you have sat with, to pray for you to be filled with the Spirit. Repent of self-reliance. If we're still relying on ourselves, he's not going to fill us. Rely on him. Turn to him. Repent of your self-reliance. Come to Jesus. He forgives you. He'll welcome you in. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. And he also wants to distribute gifts today. He wants to give gifts of tongues, of prophecy. 
I want to encourage us to stir the gifts. If you feel a sense of, yeah, I've got those gifts, like maybe come up the front. Use, use those gifts. Let's stir the gifts among us. If there's a gift of tongues, a heavenly language, we trust that there'll be a, an interpretation, that someone with the, that gift will bring an interpretation in English so we can understand it. But he's here to distribute his gifts. If, you've, if, if, you've, uh, if, you, want, if you want those gifts, ask Jesus for them. He loves to give. Take time now to ask him. Let's not be super passive. Let's not just be like, oh, I haven't really got the energy for that. Let's press in. Let's ask Jesus. Maybe there are gifts that have lied dormant for a while. Maybe you used to speak in tongues, but you've not really, you sort of got out of the habit of it. Maybe again. Maybe it's time to Renew that faith to come to Jesus and say, look, I want to be a person of the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want your power. I want your gifts. Let's take time to do that. And if you've got any testimonies of being filled with the Spirit, let's hear those as well. It's good to be encouraged by one another's testimonies, just what that's looked like, what that looks like for you as well. So we're going to respond. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, We'll, you know, just jump up if you've got anything to share or bring. We'll see what God does. Let's do this together. Let's step in. Let's ask him to fill us. And Joe's going to lead us in some way. But just, I, I, don't want, I don't want you to feel like you've got to be front-led in this. Okay? You come to Jesus. Come to him. There might be some words up, but don't, don't worry too much. Like obviously, sing them if you think that's going to help. But make sure you come to Jesus. Don't just go through the motions. Come to Jesus. Ask him to fill you. We'll do that as well. Great. Well, Lord Jesus, we uh, pray and ask for your uh, Holy Spirit. Send your Holy Spirit. Feel free just sometimes it's helpful to open up your arms, your hands, to show a sense of expectation, of desiring to receive. But you can respond how you want, maybe bowing down. Just it's, it's that showing that heart, demonstrating that heart to God. But Jesus, we we want more of you in our lives. Holy Spirit, we want more of you, more of your power. We cannot, and we are tired of doing things in our own strength. We are embarrassed by our futile attempts, our lack of fruit, our lack of seeing what we see in Scripture, our lack of seeing salvation, our lack of seeing healing, of broken lives restored. We, we want to see more, Jesus. We want to see more. Please, 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 fill us with your power. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us now. More of you, less of us, all of you, none of us. Holy Spirit, come by your power. We want to be full of your presence. Your word says to go on being filled. So we want to go on being filled. 
Fill us, we pray. Fill us, we pray. Let's respond. Let's bring our hearts to Jesus. He'll meet you there.